Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Oh, you didn't know? Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. You put my shoes on, you wouldn't last a mile. Summertime, when it's time, money grind. Yeah, I got the ring. I'm the champ. I'm the genie of the lamp. Okay, let's go smoke that joint. What up, what up? Fantasy Football Hustler back at you with another Hustler interview. I'm really excited. We got a big time fantasy personality on. I'm excited to talk about some old school WWF, get into some dub bears talk, whole bunch of things. If it's your first time here, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you go follow on all platforms, all podcasts, all social media. Link is in the description. And if you want to get into a legit dynasty league, make sure you go get signed up at fantasyfootballhustler.com. We got a bunch of leagues that are starting right now. We've already formed three. We're getting into our fourth one. I'm excited. Now, without further ado, we got on Adam Rank. I'm super excited. Let's get him in here the only way that we can on the Fantasy Football Hustler show. What up, Adam? Thank you. I'm so glad you can't see my fingers right now because I am doing the middle finger thing. Am I the guy? Am I? Who's the big name who's joining us? I'm excited for this. <laughs> who's it going to be? <laughs> yeah, I got another guy coming on, on Who? after who's even bigger. <laughs> nice. Who's it, Matt Berry? I'd love it. <laughs> I am excited. I had Marcus Grant on last week. I've got you coming on this week, and then I've got James Coe coming what? on and what what a lineup! I, I'm so like privileged to ha be able to talk to you guys. No, that's pretty cool. I'm always uh, I'm always impressed when I see. I love. I lo honestly, I dig it. I love watching uh, a lot of these. You know, I've been doing. First of all, I got to say a number a number of things. Um, number one, every time I go on to one of these show shows, and I try to do a couple every Wednesday, just to come out. I, I love talking to people and talking fantasy and everything like that. I'm always impressed by everybody's intros. Like they've got a cool countdown. You had a nice like hype video. You had so much stuff going on. Whenever I do this, it's just me appearing out of nowhere. Like, hello. <laughs> like it's an open mic. It's some pizza parlor and I'm just showing up on stage and you've got like a fully produced intro. I could not be more. Look at you and your whole thing, like your whole setup, the hustler interview, the live. My name's there. Wait there, there. You stole our <laughs> logo. Which is fine. I won't narc or anything. But uh, this is cool, man. Thanks for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. Appreciate you. I'm a one-man band, so the whole intro, I put that together. You do it all? Oh, yeah, everything. Wow. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed, Alex. Appreciate you. So 
I want to hear a little bit about you, about your backstory before the NFL Network. I mean, I, I've been following you and, you know, the the fantasy live show on the NFL Network literally forever. You know, um, what what kind of guided that path? <laughs> it's so crazy because there was a number of twists and turns. And really, I kind of, I just not stumbled into it. But I know, I know a couple of weeks ago, there was a big discussion about like internships and everything. And I was, I was not trying to be the old man who was like, you know, back in my day, but like, I was a kid that grew up, like I didn't go to USC or the Ohio state. My dad was a Navy, not an officer, but my dad was in the Navy, like whatever. I went to a state school and I just started applying around for uh, internships writing for the like the school paper at Cal State Fullerton, covering high school football games for the LA Times, which is actually kind of a blast. That, that, that stuff is really fun. I, I wish I still had the time to do it now, but I have small kids, so I can't. But like just doing that, and then somehow, uh, through a friend of a friend, I found uh, a name in a masthead of uh, you know NFL publishing. It was in a program. And I'm like, oh, they have a publishing office in Los Angeles. And I sent in a resume and... You know, got an interview with this guy named Chuck Garrity, who was super cool, still is super cool, by the way. Um, and so I, he was an old LA Times guy. And because I had written, like, cover, I was covering, like, high school, I was covering, like, Corona Del Mar high school water polo games. But he's like, hey, he's like grilling me, like, is this person worked there? Do you know that guy? Do you know her? And all this stuff. And we talked, like, 20 minutes, like, nothing just about LA Times. Like, and I'm, trying to fake it. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, oh, I know. Yeah. I sit at Lisa Dillman's desk when I do these stories or whatever it is. And, uh, got an internship, did that for a couple of years. And then every, every year when I was done with my internship, we'd have like a big, like, there'd be a little celebration. I'd get some swag. I'd get like a polo shirt, a watch, whatever. The last year I was done with college and the last year I didn't have I didn't have a send off and Chuck Garrity was actually on vacation. He was le he left that Friday. He wasn't there. So nobody said anything. So on that Sunday and I was of age and I was at a bar called Cassidy's in Newport beach. And I said, you know what? I told my friend, I had had a couple of beers in me and I said, dude, I'm going to show up tomorrow. Cause I was getting paid still. So I'm like, it's not, you know, like whatever I, I go, Garrity's going to be gone for two weeks. If nothing else, I get paid $8 an hour for the next two weeks in addition to what I was making at the improv. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like, we'll just go, I'll just go do that. And I stumbled onto a project uh, for this trading card set. And I had to go do a bunch of research. And so Chuck comes back from vacation. He sees me sitting there. He's like, hey, what are you still doing here? And I'm like, oh, Peterson's got me working on this trading card set, man. I got to do this research. He's like, yeah, all right. Walks away. And I'm like, all right, kicking. And then three months later, so rough, roughly, uh, he shows up and he goes, Hey, he goes, you can't intern forever. He's like, you're like the Cal Ripken of interns. That's a baseball reference of an old timey baseball player, kids. So look at Google that guy after the show. In any event, um, he, I thought I was getting like told to leave the building. I thought security is going to walk up and, you know, escort me out, but he had a yellow post-it note and I'm so pissed that I don't have this post-it note anymore. Lost it through a number of moves, but it was just like, oh, we're going to hire you. Like I was hired on a yellow post-it note. Just like, here you go. Here's what you're making. And that was that. And so I was work. I worked with the publishing group for a while. They closed, they closed it to start the NFL network, by the way, which is somewhat ironic, but I was a freelancer for the NFL for a couple of years after that. 
And then in 2007, I went back and started working on the desk, doing, you know, taking the AP stories and putting them on NFL.com. Super boring. Didn't like it. I go up to the guy who was our editor at this time, Jim Loftus. Like you guys, like you guys need to know these names. I would love for somebody to fact check me on this too, by the way. Like, hey, I, I noticed in your story that no, but um, but I told that I told Jim, I said, listen, man, I go, this isn't, I, I don't know, this isn't as fun as I thought it was gonna be. I really want to ride a little bit more. I know I said I didn't, but I do. And he goes, Hey, I got it. He's like, it's totally cool. He's like, here's the only thing. Cause the only guy who was doing fantasy, there was just one person doing it. And they said, listen, if you'll edit all the copy for the fantasy department, I will let you write and do whatever you want. You know, you got to do some other things, but like you like fantasy, it'll be cool for you. I'm like, yeah, I love it. Great idea. And then, you know, a couple of years later, I think we started doing the on-demand videos and we would just go up and we would do on-demand videos. It was Lindsay Rhodes, it was Fabs, it was me. And we would do these on-demand videos. And then the following year, it was a Sunday morning show. Uh, NFL Fantasy Live started on Sunday mornings with Beisner. Michelle Beisner was the host. Damashek was on it, Fabs, me. And then, you know, it becomes a daily show and it becomes a phenomenon. And then the industry, which had been popular, just completely blows up. And now you've got all these awesome people like you, Alex, who are out there putting out so much great, entertaining content. And, and again, I couldn't be more impressed uh, with the setup that you got going on right now. So it's been, that's the, I know that doesn't seem like the short version, but that is the short version. That was like 10 minutes. I'm sorry. I think a lot of people probably bounced. Derek, Derek probably bounced. Justin, they're like, oh my God, rank, shut up. Just... <laughs> But uh, that's the that's the that's the long story of it. I'm sorry if I bored everybody. No, no way. the 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 numbers have just been going up ever since. You've been <laughs> so yeah, don't worry. We're get, we got a lot of stuff to talk about here. Everyone's gonna be hanging out. I want to hear a little bit about stand up comedy and you know where that uh, mixed into your life. You know, I mean, how it still does. Well, it was uh, one of my one of my many interests growing up. In addition to sports, is I loved I love sports and I love Saturday Night Live. And I had convinced myself that I was going to do one or the other. Yeah. And my parents, you know, I'm the youngest. Like I'm, I'm the, I'm the mistake of a mistake. Like my mom was an accident where she was like a number of years younger than her older sisters. And like, I was the accident where I'm a number of years younger or younger than my older sisters, you know, that kind of thing. And nobody up until me, like nobody had ever graduated from college. So when I'm telling my parents that like, you know what? I don't know. Like I might want to just go out and uh, start doing comedy or doing whatever. Like, please don't like, please just go to school. Like, please, we'll pay for it. Like do whatever you get. I was getting good grades. It wasn't like I was a terrible student or anything. I was, I wasn't like the smartest. I wasn't the smartest dude. I wasn't like 4.4, but I was three, six, you know, pretty good, decent, decent. Yeah. You know, it's not like a fringe all-star. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, he's like, a, he's a, He's a pro bowler, but he's not like the elite guy. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, they're like, please just go to college. Like, whatever. And my dad was like super stoked. Like, we'll send you. He, he My dad went on a trip. No, no, no. What did, I forget what he did, but he got he got it into his head that he wanted me to go to Cal State Chico because um, cause it was, he's like, hey, he's like, it's like Adam. He's like, Cal State Chico, three to one girls to guys. You got to go. Like, you should go there. <laughs> And they were going to pay. I mean, they're paying for it, but I'm like, nah, I stayed local. I went to Cal State Fullerton, thought, 
briefly thought about like, hey, I should try to walk onto the baseball team, which lasted like an afternoon to see how good those studs were. Like, holy, like, I again, like going back to the thing about like, that, that's a good high school baseball player. Like, I'm walking in. <laughs> And I'm like, nope, like turned right around. I was that Abe Simpson gif of just like, oh, okay, I will be leaving now. I do not belong on this field. Sorry, Mr. Garrido, didn't mean to to waste your time. Um, but yeah, so I went to college, you know, and I was really just, I picked business as a major. And so I'm like, whatever. But, you know, was doing open mics and things like that. Still, you know, trying to keep into it. Started working at the Irvine Improv as a food runner well, I was a dorm like everybody's a doorman that I was a food runner and like everybody who worked there we all wanted to be comics and all that stuff so I was doing all that stuff and then you know you start when I started getting those internships with the NFL it just kind of like you lean one way or the other you know and because if I had gotten like if I had not gotten the NFL internship I probably would have been the guy hanging out at the comedy store every night. Once I got that internship, I kind of like, I lost a little bit of, like you lose a little bit of fire. You know, if your friend is working at enterprise rent a car, he's more, he's more likely to go out and be like, I'm going to the mics tonight where me, I'm like, nah, I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to interview Jerome Bettis tomorrow. So I'm going to go to bed, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. But it was, but, but honestly, Alex, the, um, one of the things when they started doing the on-demand videos, that I was talking about earlier with Fabs and, and Lindsay Rhodes is that, that that's what they pointed to. They're like, Hey, you're a comic, right? And I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, we could probably use, you know, like it's good to have other voices in there. Like, do you mind giving like a little bit of a screen test? And I did. And they apparently liked what I did. So yeah. So that I, it actually kind of helped. And I would tell anybody, you know, for anybody, I, I do mention this to anybody who's trying to get into the business or the industry, anybody who's doing, who's producing content or anything like that. Like if you, I mean, obviously it's a little bit different now because of the pandemic, but like when open mics start back up, like it's a good thing. Like it's a good way to like get your presence going, get yourself. Like there's times I would go to like recently, this is after I'd been on fantasy live for a little bit. I would go to open mics and start doing like dropping nugget because because comics, there's a lot of comics who love football and they will just laugh. If you're just sitting there being like, hey, I don't have any jokes, but I just wanted to talk about, uh, you know, I just want to talk about David Montgomery for a second. Did you know that over the last five games, and like they would howl and it was mostly us just trying to make each other laugh, but it was something and I still love doing it. And um, yeah, it's fun. And I think that it's helped out and it's helped, you know, whenever I need a break and I need to go complain about something that's not football, it really helps me out a lot. Yeah, and I mean, all mic time is good mic time. I mean, yeah, just, especially being, I mean, having to improv, you know, yeah. that that makes a difference being that, uh, being quick. Yeah, you know what? That that was also one of the things I used to love to do at open mics. And I still, again, it's the pan D that is keeping me away from them right now. And the children, it is, it is, it is sort of hard sometimes to tell my wife, like, hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to go sit in a pizza parlor with a bunch of 20 year olds for six hours to go tell three, three minutes worth of jokes and then not even write jokes and then just show up and then just try to riff off everybody. Like that's always a great exercise too, is uh, just kind of riff off somebody uh, like, Hey, so-and-so was talking about volleyball. Did you know? And then you go in and you're telling a story about Top Gun or whatever, by the way, Top Gun was a movie from the eighties. So for all you kids, I apologize. That was an obscure reference. Sorry that I went there, but anyways, 
No, we don't have a lot of millennial. Well, we have some millennial followers, but I'm 35, and I feel like I've got a lot of the 35 to 45 range going in the. That's followers. still that's still outside of the outside of the window for Top Gun. You guys <laughs> didn't grow up with it like I did. <laughs> that's for sure. I'm in San Diego though, where they film. Oh, okay, yeah, Miramar. So yeah, you're all in. Yeah. So how about? Who were a couple early influences or mentors when it comes to the football side of things and uh, being on the network and in the fantasy world? Well, I did obviously get an opportunity with the publishing group. So a number of guys that you might not have heard of, but who I've been name checking through this and just getting some good advice. I actually got a lot of good advice from some of the comics that uh, that would come through the improv because I was doing both at the time. And I remember Drew Carey coming through because he's a huge Browns fan and super cool, loves obviously loves football. And we were talking about it, and I mentioned, you know, like, hey, I, I, I interned for the NFL, and he was fascinated, just, like, wanted to talk about it. And he was like, hey, man, just keep doing what you do. Like, try to do everything. You know, uh, the piece of advice of, like, do everything that is in your power to do. Constantly get out there. And it's the same thing that I would tell anybody, like, whether it's – especially now, it's it seems better. Like, there's more opportunity – because you have YouTube, Twitch, you could do real, like whatever, TikTok, uh, Samantha, like our, our girl, Samantha, just out there crushing it on TikTok. It's so cool. Like so many cool, like opportunities to go out there and do it. So I really, a lot of my influences were local, like beat writers. There was a guy named Earl Bloom, who was a former Angels beat writer, who uh, really helped me out along the way. I think a lot of, there were a couple of guys who helped me out with the this is how you conduct yourself as a professional. Because I remember when I was working, because there was a time I was uh, when I was stringing for the Orange County Register, Earl kind of took me under his wig. Like I would work the desk a couple of nights a week. And whenever I had to go and do the inevitable run to Subway, he would always purchase it for me. And like that kind of thing just kind of stuck with me. Like when you become the elder statesman, like you're the person. Uh, so when I make Michael F. Florio go get me Starbucks or Dunkin', like I pay for it because I'm a I'm a classy person, <laughs> no. But um, but there was like a couple of local radio guys. Oh, you're San Diego, Steve Hartman. Yeah. Like Steve yeah. Hartman was the coolest. Like he is such a nice guy. And I remember going, and I don't know how far back you go. I don't know if you remember Chet Forty. You're probably more Bill Wardell or whatever, or Michael Thompson. But I would always go to their appearances. And Steve was always cool. And as you know, he has this photographic memory. So he would always remember me and be like, hey, how's it going? And I kept in touch. Like he, like his story was really cool. And I kind of, I kind of remember, you know, he was talking about, cause he had a job with the Raiders uh, yeah. and then he lost it, I think in his thirties. And he was like, yeah, from like 30 to 35, I had no money. And I was just, you know, I just wanted to stick with it. And I just, whatever happened, I just wanted to stick with it because I really thought that I could make a name for myself in this. And similarly, when I was in my 30s, I was like, oh my God, I don't have a job. But I remember Steve Hartman telling me this story. So I just want to stick with it. So I'll do whatever I can to, you know, to keep, I wasn't married at the time. So it was a little bit easier, similar to him. Kept it going, you know, and just pushed through. And then eventually everything worked out. Love it. Similar story for me. I, I got laid off in 2020 due to COVID. And so kind of pushed me into this path and I'm doing something that I love now. And one day I'll be making full-time money. Not there yet, but I got a lot of good supporters who are signed up on Patreon and make sure they're, you know, supporting to help pay the bills. 
Yeah, what are the what are the sponsors? Let's plug some sponsors right now so you can get paid. Because that's the one thing, dude. It's like you can a lot of like it's the same thing with comics, with mute musicians, actors, anything like that. It's the people who are willing to stick around and not go away. And I understand like there's going to be circumstances. I have friends who are actors who started having kids, so that kind of you know derails their career a little bit, or it just makes them go into a different path. So anytime you have the opportunity to keep doing what you're doing, you got to do it. Heck yeah. Now, one thing that I want to talk to you about is some old school wrestling. Yeah. Um, Attitude era is my favorite era. What, what would yeah. you say is your favorite era? hundred percent attitude era, Monday night wars, yeah. like that kind of stuff. Like I love, I can't, I just can remember, you know, going to school the next day after like, you know, 96 when raw and it was nitro was just crushing it. And it, it, it was so funny, like pre, cause I, I know a lot of the kids won't understand today. And I know AEW does well with some surprises, but like just being shocked at stuff and not, and not knowing it. We, we knew one kid who had the internet. Cause I remember the first time they tried to pull the fake sting thing. Yeah. I'm like what happened? what happened with sting? And they're like, I hope you don't think that that was, you know, you have the one friend who's like, I hope you don't think that that was sting. That was a guy named Cobra. And he was, and you're like, okay, I didn't, I'm sorry. I don't read whatever, whatever voodoo is on your AOL machine. I just saw a guy dressed like sting and it tripped me out. And, uh, yeah, it was so much like, I love that era. Like just being so like, could you, we're West coast guys. So you understand like it was, it was on after Monday night football. So we didn't have to compete. So Monday night football starts at six. This is before like cable gave us the live version at six or whatever, five or six or whatever it was. So we could watch Monday night football and then you would tape it. You would tape one of them. So you would stay up and watch and then you would, you know, the next night and then like either the next night you're watching the other one or that you're staying up to one in the morning. It was just a special time. And I just loved it. And especially on Monday Night Raw, got to the point where when they took over, you know, WCW and they were finally holding the torch, it just seemed like they never let it down. And it every night you knew something crazy was going to happen to start the show and finish the show. Yeah, they had to. I mean, that was the thing. It's like you had to hook in those viewers. And you see a little bit. You see a little bit of it on Wednesday nights because AEW, and and granted, they're going after the quote-unquote minor league of the WWE. But I think of people who would be an AEW fan, you like NXT and you like those wrestlers. Like you, you remember... That when the attitude era or the undisputed era was Red Dragon or when Adam Cole was part of the Bullet Club or whatever. So you're drawing from the same kind of interested people. So you see a little bit of that. But yeah, those Monday night shows would have to start off hot and uh, really deliver. I know that a lot of people are streaming, you know, not watching it on cable, but it's crazy when you hear some of the you know, the cable numbers back then, the amount of viewers, you know, the five millions, the eight millions and now the Monday Night Wars are less than a million apiece, and it's kind of funny when they're still blowing it up like it's that many viewers watching. Everybody watched. Yeah, but Everybody. but there was even though there was cable, there were still less options. You know, I mean, back in the you know back in the day, like the '80s or whatever, when there was four networks, 
it was you know you would get a lot of viewers but even in the 90s like there still wasn't there weren't that many options like not like today like it's crazy like i can't even watch like i'm so pissed because i love the challenge and they're having the og one and it's on the paramount network whatever that is and i'm like i gotta buy another streaming service like come on like this the whole point of like blowing up cable was that you could pick what you want, but there's something on every single platform that you want, and it's frustrating. Yeah, because now you got to get platform um, services just for one show, just for two shows. They hook you. Yeah, for sure. All right, so three your three favorite superstars of all time could be for whatever reason. Well, obviously, I'm a Chris Jericho guy, and yeah. I loved him. I loved his debut with Raw, and the countdown because i actually one of my friends was uh i mean i know somebody on the internet probably figured it out but my friend because he, he's a math dork he's like you know the countdown doesn't go to december 31st like it's going to september and i'm like what he's like yeah like if you do the math on it it's a debut and then as it started getting closer you're like oh my god it is counting down and then you know, Y2J came out. That was really like the big one, like the big final salvo of like the WWE is now running away with this because it was start. It started to turn after the um, the WrestleMania with Steve Austin beating Shawn Michaels, yeah. and then the following night. By the way, I tried out for the backstage show for the WWE on Fox, so I did a screen test, and Shawn Waltman was there. And we were talking, we were talking about our best, our favorite matches and Sean's in the back, but he's obviously listening. And I did a I talked about, uh, Bret Hart and Stone Cold from the previous year. And I said, Oh, by the way, I go, I know this isn't a match. I go, but when Sean walked out on raw the night after Steve Austin won the title, Sean Michaels was retiring triple H kicked the ball into the stands and said, Sean Michaels dropped the ball and he brought out Sean, Sean Waltman. And he cut a promo and it was like, that was it. Like, I was like, if you were, if you were like a WWE fan, you're like, that's it. We finally got one back. Cause we had been, we, we had been losing so many guys to WCW. It was nice to have somebody back. And I went backstage and Sean came up. He's like, dude, that was so nice. He's like, thank you. He's like, that was such a cool. I'm like, we had a cool moment. And I'm like, Oh, it was fun. So I guess I should say Sean, like I'll, I'll put Sean, I'll put Xbox on there. One, two, three kid. I loved him. And then I'm going to cheat and go, I'm going to have uh, stone cold in the rock. Just cause those two guys are just, I don't know. I think again, with you and I being huge fans of the attitude era, I think the rock and stone cold, I go back and forth with like who I like better. I don't know. I like the rock. I love the movie San Andreas because of the rock. He makes better movies, but you know, like the rock is like a legit, He's like a legit like movie. Like it's just crazy. Like he's a movie star. Although I will say, and I know this, I don't know how you feel about this. My wife and I were talking about this. Like Dave Batista kind of kind of like I think Dave's actually a better actor. I think he has a little bit more. I listen, I know it's controversial, but I think that the the Dave has range and he takes different kind of roles where the rock. I don't want to say takes the same role over and over again, but it's a lot of Fast and Furious, San Andreas, Skyscraper. Like, Batista's showing some actual range, but that's just me. Who are your guys? Who are your three? 
So Stone Cold and The Rock. I'm glad that you mix them together because let's just count them, you know. Yeah. And I, the Jericho moment with uh, The Rock when he first came out there. You have yeah. the guts to come on The Rock show and you don't even introduce yourself. What is your name? It doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> so good. And his reaction was just, I mean, he sold it with that reaction. It was just like the yeah. worst thing that ever could have happened to him. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Stone Cold and The Rock. For sure. Um, whew, okay. See, I didn't think about this because I didn't think you were going to throw it back on me. Dude, I'm but throwing it back to you. I do have a, a special heart, a special place in my heart for mankind and yeah. everything that he did. And when he won the championship, you know, for the first time and like DX was helping him and then Stone Cold came out and it was like the craziest pop ever. That, yeah. That's one of the moments that sticks in my mind. And that was it was funny how looking back, because I didn't watch WCW like really at all. Uh -huh. Going back and watching the stuff later, how they kind of threw that out there on the show, like, oh, WWF show is uh, it's going to be so horrible. Mankind is winning the championship. Like, why wouldn't people want to tune in? That'll, that? <laughs> that'll put yeah. The the exact line is from Tony Schiavone saying that'll dismissively saying that'll put butts in seats. And I did watch WCW. And it was a thing where you're like, what's happening? Like, boom, I flipped over for it. And I implore anybody who's a huge wrestling fan, if you're not familiar with this sequence of events that happens with that match, it is so good. You've probably seen it, you've probably seen it memed before with like the faces covered up with whatever story somebody's trying to tell. Watch the match. Like, it is bananas. The crowd goes absolutely nuts. And there, I, I forget whose book it is. But there is a story, and it might have been it might have been Mick Foley's book himself, where he talks about because um, Shivani is being told to say that, like yeah. Shivani does not want to poop on Mick Foley. He especially doesn't want to poop on him winning the title. He knows, like Tony knows, how well respected uh, Mick Foley is. I'm almost crying just thinking of this. Um, but it's just that, like, in you know, just having to be in that moment of like, you dismiss this and you say, "That'll put butts in seats," <laughs> and that whole thing. And he and there's a thing of like Mick Foley's wife answering the phone, and she's like, "Mick, Tony's on the phone, and he sounds sad." So he had to he had to call him and try to apologize. Obviously, he was fine, but yeah. apologize for everything that happened. Yeah, I'm sure everyone's seen the meme with mankind with the belt up. The yo, Adrian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that was awesome. That that was classic stuff. And the last person I got, I got to throw the Undertaker in there. And I feel right. like it's a, uh, it's um the American badass, like him switching <laughs> to that and completely reinventing himself and actually talking and just being. A <laughs> that that just switched it for me. And he's just one of the best characters of all time. How that evolved for, I mean, up and he's still going. Yeah. No, everybody, you know, it's funny. It's like, I'm not, I, I don't hate the undertaker, but I would never consider myself a big undertaker guy. You know, like he was never like, eh, like if you're doing a fantasy draft of WWE or just professional wrestling superstars, like I would pick Tommy dreamer over, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't think that he's bad. I don't think he's terrible. Like he's awesome. Like I respect him. I would freak out if I ever met him. Like I, I love, I like him. I like the undertaker, but whenever I have to make a list and people are like, Hey, make your list. Undertaker is one, like something like this, Alex, where somebody will be like, the undertaker is one of my favorites. And it's not weird. Like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. But I'm like, he's never in like, he's not in my top five, 
probably not in my top 10. Like, I don't know. Cause I like edge. I didn't even mention edge Cody. Like, Oh, there's a lot of guys, but, but that's, what's so cool about wrestling is everybody connects with somebody. So that's, what's yeah. the, that's the best part of it. Yeah. Back on the hot seat, three favorite tag teams or factions of all time. Well, I mean, DX is obviously one of them. Although I will be honest with you. I really enjoyed the X-Pac New Age Outlaws version of DX. Even though like the original was cool with China and Rick Rude and HBK. Like I like that. Like it's not like I didn't like it, but I really love, I really love, um, I really love that version, the older version or the newer version or whatever. Love that. Uh, I'm a big, I'm a big bullet club guy with the Cody and Kenny Omega one. I'll admit it. I know that I'm kind of a poser new Japan fan. I was, uh, I became a bigger new, new Japan fan when Cody went over there and the young bucks and all that stuff. And I, I admit, listen, there's a lot of wrestling. It's hard to keep up with all the wrestling in the world. And I took a bigger interest in it when those guys were there. So I love the bullet club. I don't know if it's fair to say undisputed era because like, that's kind of the same, even though like red dragons different, but whatever, but like, that's cool. You know what though? I will. Let me tell you a story. If you don't mind. I, I don't know if you remember the uh, league of nations, which is somewhat recent. So Royal rumble, it's in the Royal rumble in Arizona. I'm there. Eric young is a friend of mine. So like a legit friend, like we're buddies. He comes to LA. We'll hang out. We'll have dinner. I've met his wife. Like, it's not like a, like there's some people like that. We will meet on Twitter and be like, Oh, like this guy likes fantasy, like Austin Dillon, the NASCAR driver. Like I, he follows me on Twitter, but I don't, I wouldn't say we're friends, but like Eric's like a legit friend of mine. I know his real name. Uh, I've met his wife. He's been to my house, like that kind of thing. So we're like legit friends. So I'm not, I don't feel bad imposing on him. And he got us, you know, we went to the Royal Rumble and we were hanging out afterwards uh, with everybody in the lounge of the Sheridan. And uh, because Eric's there, like other wrestlers will come up and talk, you know, and whatever. And so I was wearing a Rusev shirt and Seamus walks up and, you know, we're like, hey, how's it going? And he goes, oh, he's like, you know, I've got a shirt like that. He's like, or he goes, I used to have a shirt like that referring to the League of Nations. And I'm like, oh, my God. I go, we were just talking about like how much. Like, I really liked the League of Nations. I thought that was a cool stable. And he just glared at me and walked away. (laughs) Just straight up walked away. And I'm like, what happened? And Christian was there, was dying, was laughing. He's like, you don't understand. He's like, somebody was giving him S for the League of Nations, like, this morning or whatever. And, like, he's really, like, not, you know, like, he, he doesn't like it. And I'm like, I... I go, I am so sorry. Like, I didn't know. I'm like, should I talk to him or whatever? And Eric's like, dude, don't. He's like, don't even worry about it. I'm like, but I wasn't like, I wasn't in, in, like, you know me, like I can be a sarcastic ass when I need to be. But there was, there was a tone of sincerity. Like everybody's like, no, you were, you could tell you were sincere. You weren't making fun of him because you were talking about like, oh my gosh. Like, like think of the guys who were, because it was him. It was him. It was Rusev and it was Wade Barrett. And Alberto Del Rio, who sucked. But the other three guys, like, that's a legitimate, like, cool faction. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go League <laughs> I'm gonna go League of Nations. And when Seamus, if he ever sees this, I apologize. If I hurt you in any way, I apologize. But I'm sincerely a huge fan of your work. That was, that, 
that would make me feel bad if I was a fan of someone and I was, you oh. know, bringing up a sore spot for them and I didn't even know it. <laughs> didn't know. Like, I, I don't know. And I say terrible things to people all the time, like trying to needle them. Like, I will, I, I'm not afraid of it. I was on some, I was hanging out on one of these shows and there was a kid asking a question and he was, he was very like, Hey, how do I get in the business? Like, what is the thing? And then at the very end, he goes like, Oh, nice pick on the three and 13 with the 49ers. And I started, and I'm laughing. I'm like, that's great. I go, you know what? I go, I'm not mad. And that's funny. I'm like, you should. And I know it's the hugest risk. You got to lead with that because it's ballsy. And I like res- I respect that you said it just in general, but if you lead with it, I have the utmost respect because it's a ballsy thing to go to somebody and be like, Hey, like with anybody, like I can't even, I'm trying to think of a proper, like what would be one where you're like, if you, I don't even, I can't even think of what it would be, but like, if you went to somebody and just immediately just start needling them, I always think that that, and it, it, it can go either way. Oh, you know what? I did it to, uh, I did it to Peyton Manning one time. <laughs> Did not take it well. Did not did not find my joke funny at all. And uh, oh, but you know, on the on the contrary, I the first time I ever met Aaron Rodgers, I told him that I didn't like him. And I'm wearing bears. I'm wearing Chicago stuff, so he kind of got clued into it. And I'm like, hey, um, I go, I don't really like you. Like, I got to be honest. And so, and he's sitting there, and it's it it could it could go really bad. Cause he could be like, dude, I'm at this Gatorade function and like, you're being a little bit, but then, but then I mentioned, I said, I said, uh, I know you're friends with Nick Swartzen, who's a comic, who's a huge Vikings fan who does it, who does a stand up bit about how he hated Aaron Rodgers and then became like friends with him. And I said, I don't want you to Swartzen me cause I'm just not going to allow that to happen. <laughs> and then Aaron just kind of kicked in. It was super cool. And this was right after the bears had signed Mike Glennon. And he's like, Hey, by the way, who's your guys' quarterback? And I'm like, that's not, that's not funny. Aaron Rodgers. Like, I don't think that that's a cool thing to say to me, but it was super cool. So I always appreciate anybody like leaning in. The thing with Seamus was not that way. It was a sincere, like I was marking out. It was a, like, Seamus is a big dude too. Like I, yeah. there's times where you're like, I want to be funny. And then your other times, like I want to live. I was being sincere. And we had legitimately had a conversation about how cool the League of Nations was, and I wish, and we wish it had worked. And uh, I feel bad that it made him feel bad. <laughs> yeah, because it should have been better than what it was. That's for uh, sure. it was, yeah, it was great. Bad news, Barrett. That's the one thing that should. That was the like. I hate when something in the WWE gets over that's not supposed to get over because then they will kill it. Like, yeah. nope. We're nuking it. They did it to Bad News Barrett. They did it to the Iconics. Or else they overproduce it. Like, if the Iconics can be funny on their own, and you're like, oh, these girls are hilarious, and they're just doing their thing. But when it starts getting over, the WWE is now like, oh, we got to overproduce the S out of this. And then they take all the fun out of it. So I hate when they do that. Yeah. Because, I mean, even with the Iconic stuff was kind of building organically, and then it just... Got a little bit too over the top and too many extra minutes on the mic. That's just what it seemed like. No, for sure. That's the one, that's the one, like the most fatal thing you could do in the WWE is get over on your own and they will crush you. And and, and otherwise, otherwise you have to be the most special talent in the world. You got to be Daniel Bryan, Bryan, no, Daniel Bryan. I'm 
getting his getting his name. By, by the way, I watched Total Bellas too. So my wife was always like, "This is confusing." They just call him by his last name. I'm like, "Well, no, he's Brian Danielson. That was his name." And then he was coming in Ring of Honor and everything like that, the American Dragon. Um, so yeah, so like, like he was able to overcome it, overcome the NF or the NFL. He was able to overcome the WWE trying to squash him. But he was, uh, but you got, it's a rare instance when somebody can fight that off and still continue to get over. Yeah. that And that was my move to get my wife a little bit involved with wrestling to bring in total Bellas. Total Bellas. <laughs> and she was okay with it. She was a fan of uh, Nikki and Brie for a while. Yeah. And they're Brie nice. Ma- they're, they're nice people. Yeah. They've been on your show. It's awesome. It's cool that they're into fantasy. That's yeah. awesome. I think once Bree Mode kind of went away, I think that's when the show started uh, losing its audience a little bit. Yeah, once she had that second kid and couldn't drink as much, like, oh, we're losing the show. Like, this we need. Although the Total Divas is good. Like, Liv Morgan, the last season I saw, Liv Morgan was really, like, she was taking up the mantle of that. Like, she was taking over that show. You're like, this is good. I like Liv. Here we go. We got a question from the Fantasy Tyrant. Rank your thoughts on Hogan and Titus co-hosting WrestleMania this year. Why why does Hulk Hogan Why is he still involved in wrestling? What is happening? Why what year? It's 2021. Have we not moved past this? Like Titus is great. I love Titus is should just do it on his own cuz he's awesome. Like if for nothing else, his response last year to the uh Firefly Funhouse, but his response to that match was pretty much everything that you needed. By the way, which still to this day, and I know it was you know during the early parts of the pandemic, I don't think that we go back and give that match enough credit. And the whole John Cena is part of the NWO, like and John Cena having his his moment of like. Not that he's never been self-deprecating or anything like that, but like him really embracing it. Like the closest he's ever going to be to turning heel, uh, I thought was one of the coolest things. And Titus just selling it after just being like, I thought it was amazing. Why do, why do we need Hogan? I don't like it. One of my favorite uh, Titus moves of all time was still the, the trip. Um, <laughs> the ring classic. classic Titus. He's also like, by the way, also delightful person. Look at me name dropping. I know it's unbecoming, but I I apologize. I know I'm name dropping a little bit too much. Name drop. We love it. We love it. Yeah. Titus is awesome. His story. I mean, talk about, uh, you know, ultimate rags to riches and everything just seems like a good human being. And everyone who I've ever talked to said they've had any interaction says the same. Wonderful person. Absolutely. Big props. All right. Let's get into something that might be a little bit more controversial right now. The Bears. Nope. Don't like that. <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts first on Mitch Trubisky, just from a Bears fan, because obviously the farm was uh, sold to get him, and now he's a backup on the Bills. Well, I mean, the farm was sold, sure. But I went back. It's funny because we, we look back at w- – where Mitch was coming into the draft. Now, personally, I had Deshaun Watson as my number one quarterback coming into that draft. I wasn't really sold on Mitch Trubisky, but guys, and I think that, I don't think Daniel Jeremiah had him number one, but a lot of people had Mitch as the number one quarterback 
coming into the draft. And what it is, is it's the evaluates how people evaluate players of the he's athletic. He's got a strong arm. I was kind of turned off because he started one year in high school. He wasn't even Mr. Ohio. He started one year at North Carolina. I'm like, first of all, you're Mr. Ohio and you're going to North Carolina. It's not like he was going to Florida State or Miami or USC or even Arizona or someplace like that. Like he went to North Carolina, which no disrespect to the Tar Heels and their football program, but like that's a weird, that's a weird thing for an Ohio, Ohio standout. Like, at least stay in the Mac or something. So I was really apprehensive about him because I just didn't think that he had enough playing experience. So I really, I don't like to be mean to him. Like, I don't want to be dismissive. He went out there. He was a great teammate. He tried his hardest. He was just limited in what he could do. I really do believe that he, if he had gone to a situation, and not everybody can do this, But if he had gone to a situation where he was a backup for a number of years and was like all of a sudden like, oh, he comes out and he's able to play. Like if he has a backup quarterback for the Rams or the 49ers or somebody like that who has a coaching staff that has been known to develop quarterbacks, I think we could have seen something really special. And I really like where he's going right now to Buffalo because, and this is Mark Sessler's exact term, he's the vegan Josh Allen. Like he's a lighter version. I called him the Michelob Ultra Josh Allen, but I like Sessler's vegan Josh Allen uh, a little bit better where he's got kind of a similar skill set. So if something happens to Josh Allen, Mitch can go in there and play. You won't have to change the offense too much. He's athletic. He can move out of the pocket. He can run. And I think that running into Harrison Smith, in 2018, and he hurt his shoulder. That really set him back in his development. So I don't want to be mean to Mitch. He gave uh, he gave a great effort, but you know what? He just wasn't like he's always going to be compared football wise to Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, and obviously those guys have made a bigger mark in the NFL. So it's going to be tough for him. So I, you know, to use the wrestling parlance, I wish him well in his future endeavors. But unfortunately, uh, things just didn't work out in Chicago. There we go. If anybody has any Bears questions, go ahead and throw them in the chat right now. And from Derek, do you think Anthony Miller gets traded or does he stay? Been a lot of rumors. Yeah, he's going to get traded. I think Darnell Mooney ushered him out of town once he came in last season and played exceptionally well. Tony Miller is one of those guys who's got a lot of talent, but he makes some bad mistakes. And a lot of times is his awareness. Like, I want to know, I don't know what his awareness is on Madden, but I'd be curious to find out because he makes bad mistakes, like taunting the Rams a couple of years ago. Not the, not this Sunday night game. Oh, I think it was the Sunday night game where he's like taunting them. Like, bro, we're down by 30. Like, stop taunting the, like, don't taunt the defense that you, you even dropped the football. Why are you even talking to them? And I think there was a play against the Saints. That was inexcusable as well. Oh, yeah, he punched the guy. Like, come on. No, no, that was uh, – no, there was two of them. Wims did it in the regular season. And then, yeah, didn't Miller do it in the playoffs as well? Like, I don't know. There was too many lapses in judgment that for a player that's been in the league for a couple of years now, he shouldn't be making those mistakes. So somebody, somebody who had a good evaluation on him coming out of college will probably end up taking him. I expect that move to happen on the draft night. So – He'll probably get moved for a middle round pick, late round pick or whatever, but I don't expect him to be playing for the Bears next season. 
One thing that it does seem like to me with the NFL right now is it seems like they are trying to cash in on free agency as far as like news and everything like that. And I, I really think that, at least in my head, that there's going to be like draft day trades. Um, you just said you think Miller's going to be a draft day trade. You think that's going to be something that happens more this year than in years previous? We could see it. I mean, there's always there there are waves of what happens in free agency. Like obviously, there's this initial period that's exciting and all these guys hitting the market. There will be the draft because there's probably going to be some instances where teams are holding on to players just to see if they can replace them in the draft. And I think that one of the things the Bears are going to try to do is find a mid-level replacement for Anthony Miller. Now, if the Bears aren't able to do it, now I could see them holding on to him. But usually what happens, and if they can't trade him on draft night, then there's usually what they call the second wave of free agency. That usually happens somewhere around the June 1st deadline. And a lot of these veterans end up getting cut or something like that. And the guys who can't get moved during the draft, then there's a second wave of free agency. So at some point I expect Anthony Miller to be on the move. So there is like, and that's the one thing about the NFL is that we're always in the news. Like we always find a way to put ourselves in the conversation. We're like that annoying neighbor. Like we all, we all know somebody that like, no matter what the conversation is, that person's always got to make it about themselves. Like no matter what you're talking about, we could be talking about Peru. I have a neighbor, like we could be talking about Peru. It should be like, oh my God, like my daughter. And like, this had nothing to do with you. What are you talking about? We're talking about Peru. And now you're talking about your daughter eating at some Peruvian restaurant. Like, stop it. Stop it. So I think that's what the NFL is. Like we're, we always, you know, like there's March madness going on. Like the NFL shows up with free agents. Hey guys. What about free agency? Like we couldn't let these college kids have March Madness. We got to bust in on that opening day of baseball. Hey, it's draft time, guys. <laughs> like we are so rude to people, <laughs> but that's how I make my money. So I should like not, not be so dismissive of it. I'm glad that we can make a lot of cash and uh, it's benefited me. So keep doing it league. <laughs> love it. Love it. And let's see. Stu said, what are Rank's thoughts on Dak and my Cowboys offense? Yeah, the offense, great. The good thing is they didn't do anything defensively, so they're going to be in a position where, once again, they're going to have to throw the football, and my guy Dak can go out there and crush it. It was crazy. In five games, if we can do, do we do, we're, this is a fantasy show. Like, I'm looking. Like, I got to make sure, like, this is a fantasy. I don't want to lose anybody. But, like, yeah, the fantasy hustler, idiot. Sorry. Um, like what, like the stat is, what is it like Dak Prescott had 135 fantasy points in his first five games and Andy Dalton had 136 and 11. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Like I thought Dak, gosh, Dak was probably, it's playing such great football. I, I think a lot of him, I love Dak Prescott. Like it's tough. Like I don't like, I don't want to, I don't want to root for the Cowboys quarterback, but you're like Dak Prescott. Like that's a good player. And the fact that it took so long, and I know they had to, f to tag him or whatever. I'm like, what are you guys waiting on? I know the Cowboys have been, and maybe it's because I'm a Bears fan, and I'm like, I'm not used to having exceptional quarterback play, and the Cowboys have been pretty fortunate to have guys like Aikman and Romo and stuff like that that I guess you can be dismissive of somebody like Dak Prescott, but I'm like, that guy's a stud. And then, I don't know, there's haters out there, but I – I love Dak. I think of the world of him, and I think that offense is going to be very good. I know fantasy-wise it's going to work out well for us, and if they can just find a way to be at least a little bit competitive, 
defensively, they should be okay. I don't think they're that far away, but I think offensively, they're going to be excellent. Yeah, defense is always that kind of thing where they've been lacking. I love to hate on the Cowboys just because a lot of my uh, my family, uh, some you know friends from high school and stuff, just huge Cowboy fans. So it's fun. Then I get to poke fun at guys like Stu, also who uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stu Bennett. Oh no, <laughs> Antonio says any hope for my Jets? <laughs> you know what? I'm a big fan of Robert Saleh. I like Mike. Uh, Mike LaFleur going there as well. So I think there's some hopes. Here's my thing with the Jets, though. And I say this as somebody who's a huge Sam. I'm a Sam Darnold guy. I like Sam Darnold a lot. My only hesitation, though, is I think that I think Darnold could be very good given the right circumstance. It's just so tough for these coaches to have to go into a situation like this with a quarterback who, and this is, I, I say this as a, as a Triton, as a Sam Darnold fan, like he's unproven. And we still need to figure out if he's going to be an exceptional player on the NFL level. I don't like putting that onus on a first-year head coach, a first-year offensive coordinator. Like, let them pick a quarterback. You've got the number two overall selection, so you're obviously not getting Trevor Lawrence. But... You would you have your pick of all the other quarterbacks. I would like let them go out, pick the guy that they think is going to work best for their offense. Send Sam somewhere. Like I wish I wish we wouldn't have pulled the trigger so quickly on Andy Dalton cuz I would have loved Sam I think Sam Darnold would have been fun in Chicago. But send him somewhere and he it sucks because he might have to be a backup or if he went to San Francisco, maybe he could compete for the job. But let him go somewhere and try to win it do a Jameis Winston type of thing where you're a backup for a year. And then you, you know, you, you go in, a, you appear in a couple of games, show everybody you can play. And then you get your free agent contract, something like that. Cause I do think he has some ability, but I, I just hate it because when these teams, let's say that Sam Darnold doesn't work out. Well, now this coach who's coming in first year head coach has gone one year with a quarterback that didn't quite work out. Then the next year you got to go in, with a rookie quarterback. So now you're two years behind. Like, cut off that one year. And it's no disrespect to Sam Darnold, but I think because of the economics of the NFL, it just makes more sense to do it that way. So I think there's some hope for the Jets. And I think they've made some nice picks over the last couple of years. I think they got something going on. And I don't think that they're totally devoid of talent. So I think it's I don't I think they're closer than people will probably think. Defense was legit, that was for sure. Even with uh CJ Mosley opting out and Jamal. Yeah, that too. David says, is David Montgomery overrated or underrated? Underrated. Well, it's funny because now everybody thinks that he's going to be a washout because Damian Williams is there. And I, I see kind of I see Damian Williams is taking over the Cordero Patterson role. Like when it's fourth and three and you need to pitch it out to somebody who's not David Montgomery. It's fourth and one usually. Fourth and one. Here's the pitch to Cordell Patterson for whatever reason. I really like, I feel like I'm in the, I feel like I'm in the minority of people who really like David Montgomery. I think that if there is improvement on the offensive line, if Andy Dalton puts some stability in the quarterback position and Bill Lazor is calling the plays instead of Matt Nagy, then I think there's a real opportunity for David Montgomery. He was good down the stretch starting in week 10 in that game against the Green Bay Packers last year. And I know you look at some of those opponents and they weren't going up against the best defenses 
in the world, but it's like, you don't get to pick your schedule. Like he's, he's going to be playing against bad defenses this year. So yeah, like I, I think that, you know, for fantasy purposes, he's a, he's an RB two for me. I think for real NFL purposes, he's a guy who can run between the tackles. He doesn't have a, probably as much breakaway speed as you would like, but I think still think he's a quality running back. So I think, yeah, let's go underrated. Let's say underrated for my guy, David Montgomery. Definitely overperformed last year for what everybody thought. I thought he was going to be a solid RB two and the injuries, you know, to CMC and Barkley and made it to where he was a top five guy in a lot of scoring. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, he was, he had a RB four, I think in mostly that's what, that's, what's going to come down though. The targets. And in that last game in week 17 against the Packers, he had nine targets. Like, what is happening? Like David Montgomery's getting nine targets, and obviously it was a circumstance. But I think that that's the one thing I like to play a lot more half point PPR. So it's not as drastic of a come down if he's getting two to three targets per game. But yeah, PPR wise, it is a it, Damian Williams is a a pretty big obstacle for him. Yeah, and I um just to segue into some fantasy football talk before we get out of here, I was going to ask you how many leagues you were in last year, and then what is your preference on. Uh, Scoring settings. A lot of leagues. A lot of leagues. But you know what's cool is if you subscribe to Fantasy Plus on the all-new NFL Fantasy app, although it's not really all-new now, but we have this cool feature. And we on Fantasy Plus, it's a buck a month. And I'm begging them. I'm like, don't raise the price. And I, I think I, they might because I was gushing about this. The greatest thing, like you can set you don't have to do this for every league. But there are some, listen, some leagues, your family is like, hey, will you be in this league with us, your church group or whatever, or what, you met some golf buddies or whatever it is. You're in a, you're extended in more leagues than you really want to be. You can do this fantasy plus thing that'll make sure that you never start an injured or a bi-week guy, which to me is like half the battle. It's yeah. like going through on Sundays or during like who's injured, who's not. You can set your league to be like, never start an inactive player or never start a guy or whatever. You just got to make sure that you're always covered and have enough. Like you don't want to like it. It can't bench your, your quarterback if you don't have one to replace him, like things like that. But it is so handy. So for that reason, I signed up for more leagues than I should have. I mean, it's in the twenties or thirties, but of the leagues and let's be honest, we all have leagues that we're very, very invested in. So my league of record, uh, is with my boys that I grew up with in Corona, California. Oh, you would know Corona. Yeah, you, yep. you've driven the 15. Um, I have my second city league with my Chicago boys. I made the finals in both of those. And of the of the eight leagues I'm really invested in, like really like I'm really trying to win these leagues, I made the Super Bowl in six of them. And I went 0 for 6. <laughs> 0 for 6! It is insane. And the worst one. So I'm sitting there and I'm in this league with these kids from, from Great Britain that I had met on fantasy and friends years ago. And it's a fun league. And they were, they were, they're so mad because I'm the only American in that league and they're going to have to send the trophy from Great Britain, from England to me. And it was so great. And it's a, it's a standard league standard. I'm up by 28. Guess who my opponent is starting? That's right. Stefan Diggs on Monday Night Football and or whatever. It was the last game of the week. And even in standard, even in standard fantasy, I still blew that game because everybody's like, 
rank. We're going to send that to you. And I'm like, you know what? Like half kidding. I'm like, if, if dig scores three touchdowns, like I could be in a lot of trouble. They're like, yeah, whatever. And then, uh, I just saw, I saw that last touchdown unfolding. Like I could, like I just, the camera angle that they used on it was perfect. Cause I'm like, oh my God, Diggs is so open. And then Josh saw him and you're like, I cannot believe that I blew this. I went 0 for 6. 0 for 6. That is rough. Alex, I don't know what to tell you, man. It was rough. I've uh, I've never made it to six uh, championships all at once, but I have gone uh, 0 for 3. That, that's been Ooh. tough. It wasn't last year, a couple years ago. I've uh, and, it's, and it's always BS that gets you too. Like that one, like I, can I tell you? I'm sorry, Alex. Am I keeping you too here. long? Am no, I taking right. it? I'm cutting you off. I'm cutting you off on your own show. Because I gotta get I gotta say this. So last year, week 16, I had Jalen Hurts as my number one quarterback. And as my number two quarterback, I had Tom Brady. And those and that was my rankings. My rankings were Hurts one, Brady two. I had both those quarterbacks in my second city league. Now, the safe. I'm going to pull out the three iron off the tee here. It should have just gone with Tom Brady. Like, that's the safest play. But I said no because my opponent had a very good lineup. I'm like, I got to maximize. I got to have the highest ceiling, guys. So for everybody who was out there, unless you are in the same conundrum as me, I recommended Tom Brady all over the place. People were saying to sit him because, like, oh, they'll, they'll beat him up too bad. And I'm like, no, no, no. Whatever you do, start Tom Brady. I go, the only guy I would start over him is Jalen Hurts. And for crying out loud, and not only, and not that Jalen Hurts was terrible, but the fact that 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 fumble at the end, that wasn't a fumble, that wasn't a fumble, I would have won. Well, anticipating he would have picked up another 10 yards, but unbelievable. That was the worst. But in anyways, I'm sorry, Alex, I interrupted. I apologize. (laughs) You just happen to have both of them on your team. That, that both of them. I blamed the league for that. Like I, 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 I let I because we have like um, what is it, Marco Polo or whatever, some stupid app, and I just let out an obscenity tirade to the entire league. I said, if you guys and girl, there's one girl. If you guys and girl, if you were better at fantasy football. I would have won this league because there is no way I should have had both Brady and Jalen Hurts. One of you idiots should have picked him up weeks ago, but you allowed him to just sit there on the waiver wire, and I hate you all for it because I would have started Brady. I would have won by 30. Awful. That's tough. When Was it a tinker like right at the end, or did you already know? Go, was it premeditated going into that week? I'm starting Hurts, and I'm not going to flip-flop from this at all. It was a tinker in, I knew I was doing the wrong thing, but I was sticking with my choice because on Tuesday I said, don't overthink this. Don't tinker. You like Jalen Hurts. There's a solid, like going against the Cowboys, that defense, the way that our league is constructed, it favors quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts. I said, this is the smart play. This is, this is what you need to do. Don't, don't second guess it because I think that, the, the, the Buccaneers played, if they didn't, if it wasn't a Thursday game, it was a Saturday game. I know it was a full day before that I had to sit there and be like, cause like right when Brady threw three touchdowns, I just texted my friend. I said, I lost, I lost this league. Like there's, 
I can't overcome this. He's like, no, he's like, Hertz might score. I'm like, nope, I've already jinxed it. But a lot, but I did, I did tell a lot of people to start Tom. I remember because it was an off day and I remember telling everybody, actually, I think I was on GMFB and, um, I was just like, whatever, like Tom Brady's going to have such a big game. Like don't start him. And I remember, yeah, as a matter of fact, cause I remember whatever sketch I was doing for them. I said the only, I, yeah, cause Jane, Jane was the, uh, Jane was the host that day. And I remember saying like, whatever Tom Brady over everybody, except for Jalen hurts. She's like, okay, I'll start him. And you were right about both guys. They both killed it. Just Tom oh. Brady happened to do a lot better than Jalen Hurts did. That's the way it goes sometimes. I did end up winning a championship that felt pretty good because it was a 32-man dynasty, and Tom Brady was uh, my quarterback. Uh, nice! Yeah, so he led me to the promised land. It was nice. Love it. So who do you think is going to be the guy to surprise everybody this year at the quarterback position? Let's just go there because I know I was a little bit higher on Tom Brady than I was on guys like Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen was kind of like the steal being outside yeah. of the top six, seven. Who do you think is going to be that guy this year outside of like the top tier of drafted QBs? I play in a lot of super flex, so we're talking a super flex crowd here. Oh, nice. You know, try not to go – Cause this is, it's, it feels like a cop out, but I am really now intrigued by Matthew Stafford. And here was my initial evaluation when he was traded to the Rams is that I'm like, I don't like this as much because if you've noticed anything about Sean McVay, anytime he gets near the goal line, they run the football. It is yeah. one of the reasons why Todd Gurley was such an effective fantasy player player for so long. And going into last year, I was thinking like, well, maybe, you know, we should, maybe we should get in on Jared Goff because, you know, there's no Todd Gurley there. This could open up a lot of opportunity for him. But what we saw was Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. And at the end of the season, Cam Akers getting all that run near the goal line. And you're like, okay, this is Sean McVay thing. So he likes to run the football when he gets near the goal line. So initially my I was just, I pushed back a little bit. I'm like, I'm not super like sold on Matthew Stafford. Like, I just feel like they're going to seed. They're going to seed to the running back when they get near the goal line. But, you know, looking at it as we, you know, are getting closer and maybe this is, this is the problem of the off season is that you start overthinking it is what if the problem was Jared Goff? What if, what if Sean McVay just was trying to play it safe? He was taking the layup and just going with the running back. And I'm like, cause if, if you take good, cause Goff's numbers fall, fell over the last two seasons, but what if he trusts Stafford enough to give him just a, a handful more opportunities? And so now, like, as we start going through and I love, I want to get Justin Herbert and I want to get a lot of these like mid, 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 not mid card, but like Mid or upper, upper middle class guys. Like I really love Justin, but now I've been finding myself. Like, I think I'm going to go in. I think I'm going to go in on Matthew Stafford, probably a little bit more than I was when this trade initially happened. And I know it's a, it's a brand name. It's not like I'm, I'm not unearthing like some gem blowing your mind with this guy. You've never heard of, although that's the quarterback position, these guys, but I think Matthew Stafford is somebody that I want to have on my rosters. Why? Who are you looking at? Well, so 
a guy like last year, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I'm trying to think of guys who are like that, like outside of, you know, top 10 guys who are a little bit seem like they're on the decline. So I do like Matt Stafford. Ooh, let me see. So, well, I, I had, I had Rodgers last year too. And I, I felt like I was on an Island with that one because a lot of people were like, Oh, his, his time's up. And Patrick Claibon, I love, he always, Patrick always hates when you say stuff like, well, now he's, he's got motivation. And Patrick's like, well, you don't think he was motivated before? And I'm like, no, I don't. No, I don't. Like, that is the pettiest guy. Like, if there's one guy who's going to be motivated by, like, you drafted my replacement, like, it's going to be Rodgers. Like, do you not want, like, come on. Like, that's that's Rodgers' M.O. So I loved Rodgers uh, last year. So that's, I, I think that Stafford could, that's a good, I'm glad you brought that up because that's probably, like, the best, Best way to put that is uh, like he could be like Stafford could be this year's Rodgers. That's good. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to steal that. Sorry, Alex. Yeah. I'm not going to give you any credit. i like, you know, I thought of this all on my own. He's <laughs> like, he's this year's. So when you see that on a graphic that I put on Instagram, you're going to be like, son of a bitch rank. Like stole that from me, from my show. Oh, no, Let's give me a little, a little uh, hat tip or something. I'll, I'll know. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you, you I'll, I'll shout it out. I think uh, for me, I think it's going to be Baker actually taking oh, yeah. the, the step forward. I mean, he's always had like been the second half of the season guy, but I think that this year kind of keeping the same coaching staff and, you know, the regime, it's like the first year that that's actually going to happen. I think he does take the step forward and puts in a decent uh, 16 games this year compared to last. I agree. And if I can say something on that too, I know that he gets clowned because everybody now, because everybody has, access to all 22s and everything and they'll be like they'll pull up like look at this look at this read he missed like there'll be a guy wide open I'm like oh baker missed this read which is cool but it's like a lot of that comes from having to learn a new offense every year like that like it that happens more than you think if you really wanted to break down a lot of quarterbacks you'll find some open reads where you're like how did the guy miss this guy and i think a lot of it just comes to like familiarity with the offense and like you said now that he's in his second year with Stefanski, I think that that, that kind of stuff's going to get eliminated and he's going to be better as well. So I really like that call. Yeah. And even if we go back to guys like Alex Smith, I think his first four years in the league, he had a new coach, new offensive yeah. coordinator. And I don't know how you can expect any QB to, uh, to live that life and still succeed all the time. Very true. Here's where we get dicey from David. Should, we, uh, should fantasy football leagues include or eliminate the kicker? Well, I play in a lot of leagues where we've eliminated the kicker and it's fun and it's fine. But then turns out that two of my favorite players in the league right now are Rodrigo Blankenship and Young Way Koo. So now I'm like, oh, I love kickers. Like I'm back. So it's, it's tough. It's so funny is uh, in my second city league, we were screwing around because I love Rodrigo and my friend had him and I almost as a joke. Cause he, he just loves to make trades. And I'm like, I was like, I was going to be like, Hey, I'll give you young way for Rodrigo. And I didn't pull it, didn't pull the trigger. And it was the week that uh young way had uh 21 fantasy points. I'm like, Ooh, so good. By the way, uh, also in that second city league, I lost. If young way Koo would have made that field goal against the, um, the chiefs, I would have won. <laughs> That's how close it was. Like it's, you know what? Actually get rid of the kickers. That screwed me. No, because I want I did win some good. I don't know. I could go either way. I like leagues that 
without him. But like I said, two of my favorite players in the league right now are kickers. So I got to give them a little bit of love. Out of all 20 leagues that I played in, only one of them had kickers. And for some reason, the guy who had coup and who drafted him uh, dropped him for his bye week. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like kickers, but that was the only week that I rostered two kickers and I picked him up. Off Hell yeah. Used a waiver spot. And uh, it was nice not having to worry about kickers. <laughs> oh, my God. It it really is a um, it's a Kelsey type thing. Where you just never have to think about it. When you've got, like, Rodrigo had, they had some bad weeks in Indianapolis. But I think that even the bad, like, I don't, I don't remember Atlanta having, I don't remember Youngway. I think he had, he had to have one bad week. And I know missing the kicker is tough. But by the way, like, the points after fantasy football. He's like, this is why we get rid of him. But, like, that's, that's, but, like, running backs fumble. Quarterbacks throw interceptions. Receivers drop touchdowns. Like, a kicker misses a field goal. Like that's, I don't know. That's part. I mean, we're doing it. It's a stupid exercise that we're doing. Like the fact that we get so much entertainment out of this is uh, almost criminal, but uh, that's, but that's the story. I mean like that, it sucks. Like I, I'm thinking of the money that I did not win. So it's kind of, but like, it's a fun, like it's, it's funny. Like, and this is, and this is the thing too. Like if I did see young way, if he comes into the NFL network, I'm going to be like, bro, you know, um, I lost my fantasy league by three points, and uh, I don't need to tell you what happened in, in Kansas City. And that was a thing, too, like with people like who don't like – I could even think of like the Stardom Sidham column that I wrote. And my whole thing with that, like Stardom Sidham, whenever you're doing kickers, I'm like, look, dome kickers. Like it, whenever you need a kicker, number one, find a dome kicker. If, you are, if, you're, thinking of, if you're thinking of benching a kicker, an iffy dome kicker who's playing outside – but I remember being undaunted. I'm like, I don't care if Young Way is playing on Ice Planet Hoth. I'm starting him. So I lived and died with him. I don't even know who I could have picked up. I'm sure there was somebody who outscored him. But like, that's the fun of it. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, that's fantasy. Like, that's it comes down to these stupid. Like, you. There's tons of things. There's tons of things in a in a, in a football game that you could look back at. And be like that. That cost me. Like if you lose by a point, like I know, like a guy who lost by a fraction of a point. I beat somebody by a, like fractions of a point, and he had he had Tyree kill. And I go, look, you could look. There's a he dropped a pass in the first quarter of a game like that. That cost him. Like there's so many different things that happen to just that we single it out for kickers so much is I, I agree. I'm, I'm a hypocrite because I play in leagues without kickers, but it's like, it is a little like they do get the worst. Like it is really bad after a while because, but when you do get a good one, it may, it does make it all worthwhile. It's because all the pressure's on them and everyone's yeah. just watching that one person. They're all on display, but I feel like, yeah, if we had a running back who's about to pound it in for a touchdown and then fumbles or something, um, yeah, we might want to get rid of an extra running back spot or something like that too. Because, yeah, how about like, uh, how about like when your quarterback gets hurt during the middle of the game? Yeah. That that's the kind of stuff that bothers me probably more than anything. And I say this: the same guy who beat me in my second city league because of Jalen and Young Way um, beat me a couple of years ago in a final because I had Marcus Mariota when he broke his leg against the Jags in Week 16. Like that's the one I got, we've got to find a way to do that. Like if you're quarter, like I don't want to do it with every position because that's not fair, but like when your quarterback gets hurt 
And especially if he gets hurt early, you're just like, oh, this was fun. But uh, what about bad defenses? Was that one? Oh. It's our guy, the point after FF. Yeah. I he hates see- everything. He hates fantasy. He's trying to eliminate every position. What about tight ends? <laughs> we should not- get rid of tight ends. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I actually started a, a dynasty league where we made it tight end premium, but I added an extra flex instead of having a solo. Oh. I got it. I like the tight end premium, but again, that just makes Kel- like Kelsey just ends up being, I just, I don't know. I like, cause then you have to have the strategy of it. Like I've noticed a lot of people have been uh, catching up on this with uh, taking Kelsey in the first round. Yeah. Cause I was talking about that. I was doing that last year because if you look at Kelsey as a pass catcher, like I'm not zero RB. I'm not saying draft Kelsey over like Christian McCaffrey, but before I would take any wide receiver in the first round, and it's in vogue to take wide receivers in the first round. Like I would rather have Kelsey over Michael Thomas or Devontae. My whole thing last year, a lot of these teams were Adams and uh, Devontae Adams and Kelsey was the way I, if I was in the back half of the first round, like that was always the way that I like to start. Yeah. I love it. And Kelsey, you just think about the the stress of not having to stream a tight end every single week. Oh. It, it makes things so much nicer. Such a relief. Your, your uh, second or third wide receiver will end up being like not as glamorous. And you'll look at your roster for a second and be like, oh my God, my team sucks. And then you're like, oh wait, I got Kelsey. Like, okay, that's, that's the equalizer right there. Like that's a wide receiver one. So you'll probably, you know, hopefully if you've drafted correctly, you'll have two wide receiver ones basically. And then um, hopefully the the second receiver you're playing is also as good. And here we go. How about one more question? Then we'll get ready to get out of here. Any crazy stories about followers that were upset with advice that didn't pan out? Anyone take something to the next level? Nobody's really like showed up at my doorstep or stalked (laughs) me or showed up like they've they haven't figured out my phone number, like anything like that. Like people are mad. Like you cost me money and all this stuff. I'm like, how about the guy who didn't play well cost you money? Like that's, that's where it comes from. Like that is always my thing. Like, here's how I always try to explain it. Cause people are like, how do you feel about being wrong all the time? And I'm like, I don't think that I'm ever wrong. Like, and let me explain that a little bit more. Like I, unless I'm saying that I would, draft young way coup over Justin Herbert. Like that's wrong. But like if you are giving solid reasoning for something, you can't be wrong. Like I, if I go to a blackjack table and my friend's playing blackjack and he's got a 19 and the dealer's got a four and I tell him don't hit this card. And then the dealer pulls over a six card 21. It's like, bro, you just had bad luck. Like, that's it. Or if they go against you, you're like, don't hit that 19 and he draws a two and gets a 21. You know, like, okay, like that worked out in that instance. But like mathematically, over the course of your lifetime, that's not going to work. You know what I'm saying? So if you're looking at a small variance of, hey, this one particular week during the season, this guy didn't have as many points as you said he was going to have like, okay, well, yeah, that's, you know, that, that, that goes to the randomness of football and and things like that. And I think it was, um, I think the perfect example was, I think it was at Gardner Minshew week where he went out. A lot of people were on Gardner Minshew. He didn't have the fantasy points and everybody was pissed. 
Look, oh, you guys are clowns. Everybody said Gardner Minshew. And I'm like, okay, look. And I forget which team he was going up against. It might have been the Titans. But oh, I'm like, okay. Yeah, it was something like that. And I said, look, if you go into a game and you and I tell you your starting quarterback is going up against the 30th ranked defense and he's going to attempt 40 passes, would you take that? Would is that something that you think that you would want? I think most people would be like, yeah, I want that. A competent, solid fantasy starter. It wasn't like you're not even to just be dismissive of C.J. Beathard or anything like that. Like a competent, legitimate starting quarterback is facing one of the worst pass defenses and will throw the ball 40 times. I sign up for that every week. And over the course of your lifetime, that'll end up paying off for you. In that particular week, it did not pay off. <laughs> yes, but it's like, but that's my reason. Like, I'm not, I'm not the one throwing the football. Like, you can't, like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm putting you in position to win. It's like, I can get a golf lesson. If I'm shanking it, like, it's ultimately my fault. And it's not the fantasy player, but it's, it's up to the person. Like, you, you're blaming the equipment. Like, if it's not, like, I'm sorry. I could just, I'm trying to put you in the best possible spot to win. But I think most of the time, people are cool. They just want to be mean online every once in a while. But, Ultimately, if you got somebody face to face, they'd be like, "Oh, it's cool, rank. Like, you're trying. Like, it's. I appreciate it. So, everything's been all good. The only guy, the only guy I think would really want to throw hands is the fantasy football counselor. I think that guy. No, I'm kidding. I like him, by the way. I do. But for the record, I do like him. I think his bravado. Like, I, I kind of dig his whole thing. He's a little meaner than I would be, but I'm like, ah, like he's like he's built a great following. He's got like 200,000. This is like the second time I've mentioned him this week too. So he's doing something right. But he's got like 200,000 followers on Instagram. Like it's incredible. Like he does, his, he does a great job. And, um, but sometimes I'm like, bro, you don't have to be so mean, but that's his thing. And it, it works for him. So, but I think for, for the most part, most people are super cool. And I think people are understanding when it doesn't work out. It's a, it's a, it's a game with human beings and a lot of, a lot of variables, but for the most part, by and large, people are pretty cool. And people are paying for the process, not necessarily the results, because the results are just kind of random anyways. Process over results. I know it's uh, it's a bit cliche, but it does absolutely make sense. How about a question from Eric? Who's, your, who's the worst no-start um, throughout the years? Oh, my God. I just thought of this the other day. <laughs> There's been a couple. Gosh. Um, there was one time... Well, you know what? Uh, one of the worst, like, you should start is also the same. You shouldn't start this guy. Keenan Allen going up against the Steelers one year where the Steelers were shutting everybody out and can't, whatever. Like, a lot of times you're giving advice for um, for DFS, too, where you're kind of like, hey, like, I don't know. I think there's better matchups than going with Keenan Allen. I think a lot of times in standard fantasy leagues, it's hard to be like, don't start Keenan Allen. You're like, okay, well, I'm going to start Gabriel Davis. Well, that's a bad. Gabriel Davis had some nice games, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to start uh, Malcolm Floyd or whatever it is, Anthony Miller, whatever. Um, yeah, one time I was like, yeah, I'm not starting Keenan. Like, I don't like Keenan's matchup. I was against the Chiefs, who had done a really nice job against him over the years, and they were shutting him down. And um, and uh, Keenan ended up having a nice game. Called me out personally. To which I made an apology video. And so that happened. Oh, you know what? Speaking of the Chiefs Chargers, 
the Chargers have been shutting down Tyreek Hill. And I remember, and it's it's the one thing because it's always the language and how they're always trying to sell things. They're like, Adam Rank says, sit Tyreek Hill. And I'm like, okay, like, obviously, if you're in your home league, you're not sitting Tyreek Hill. That's not the message I want to convey. But the Chargers have been doing a nice job against Tyreek Hill. They're shutting him down. They're limiting him. He, he, he averaged less than like five targets per game against the Chargers. And they were doing a great job of, of shutting him down. And through the almost the entirety of that game, nobody was, nobody was peeping. And then Mahomes hit Tyreek Hill on a bomb, which, by the way, he was, he was down, by the way. Um, but they called it a touchdown. And then here come all the haters like, what up? What up, Rank? What about Tyreek Hill? I'm like, well, I mean, like, he had four targets. He had one pop play. Like, that's that's what you're counting. Like, it worked. Like, it worked. You hit you hit on a 17 and drew a four. Congratulations. It worked. But again, like that was a that was more DFS than anything else. Like, obviously, your home league, you're not sitting Tyreek Hill, people. Just understand. That's why it's so hard sometimes. But, you know, social social teams and uh, editors have got to sell articles. So, uh, whatever. People think I'm an idiot. So be it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure that you put out – I mean, whatever amount of uh, content you put out about that, I'm sure it was a minute or two, and then they just boil it down to just the one second. The it, one was, it was legitimately the preference of do not sit him in your home leagues. I know they're going to tell you this is a sit but I'm just telling you. If, there might be better DFS options. Stu, appreciate the super chat. Said, fantastic show for coming on, Adam. And uh, because I have to, how about them Cowboys? Yeah, Stu. One of these years, you're going to be right. So, God bless you. I yeah. like Dak, though. We're, we're Dak guys. So, I'm there. I'm with them. Thanks, Stu. Thanks for hanging out. Keenan Allen said, don't sit me last year. What do you think about that when he said, don't sit me? Oh, my God. That was um, that was one, too, where I remember one of the guys, like Mike Wright from the Fantasy Footballers, we were both like, we're not doctors. We're not in the locker room or anything like that. And um, What is this? Okay. I'm reading the comments and he's like, yeah, that was the thing. Like I listened and now I have trust. Right? <laughs> that was the problem is like, I was just like, I don't know. It's Keenan Allen. And again, like I'm, and it was the same thing that I had said before. Like if I'm playing DFS, I'm clearly not playing, but I'm like, I'm looking at my roster right now. Tell me who you're looking at specifically. I know Cole Beasley's like a bad example. Cause he had some games, but you're like, I don't know. Like Keenan Allen, at, on a limited snap count was still better than a lot of other options. And he did have a red zone target. I think it was, was it the Raiders? Was it like a, it was a primetime game against the Raiders. Yeah. And he had a, he had a, he had an end zone target. It's actually like Herbert almost hit him. And I'm like that again, that's how close it comes. Like you're banking on that. Like when he gets his red zone opportunity, he's going to cash in on it. He didn't. We lost afterwards. Somebody who works with the chargers hit me up. They're like, Hey, um, it's like, I would have told you like Keenan was kind of, I'm like, we knew he was struggling, but I'm like, you just wanted him to catch a touchdown. And he almost did. So if you would have told me like going into that game, like, Hey, Keenan Allen's going to get limited, but he's going to get an end zone target. You're like, 
all right, I'll take my chances. So, yeah. And then uh, Josh Jacobs, I was the other guy who I can think of who was making uh, statements on Instagram saying, don't sit me and then didn't play and yeah. or something um, or said he wasn't going to play. I can't remember what it was, but just throwing everybody off the scent. And I don't know, understand why the pokes at the fantasy football community. It's fun for them. And I kind of, it's kind of funny. They're trolling us like whatever it's entertainment. It's all good. Love it. Well, I appreciate you spending so much time with me. I I've had a blast. Really appreciate you spending time. Um, Everybody you're, probably, you're happy to get rid of me, aren't you? You're like, oh, Jesus. Hell no. Hell no. I would talk An to hour you. and a half of rank. That's too much. <laughs> no way. Just our WWF talk. I could talk about that for hours. So Yeah, for sure. So uh, what do you, um, you have anything that you want to plug? Um, anything going on outside of NFL Network that we need to know about? Uh, I do have a YouTube channel as well. It's Adam Rank NFL. It's kind of Bear-centric right now, but we're starting to get into more of our fantasy football coverage. So I, I promise you. It will not be a bunch of videos about Russell Wilson or Andy Dalton or anything like that. I think that I have that out of my system right now. We're starting to go into some of the fantasy football topics that will help you win this season. So go to YouTube.com slash AdamRankNFL or on Instagram at AdamRankNFL. And um, that's all I got. Appreciate you. And everybody, thanks for staying on here. We got a bunch of people who are still watching. I appreciate that's it. That's awesome. Yeah. By the way, anybody who's still on here, like you're awesome. Thank you so much. Hanging I appreciate that. Justin, Justin and the point after FF, I think have been here all the whole time. So they're nice people. Nice, nice people. Yeah. And we're doing this live. This is going to be um, on pot, every podcast out there. It's going to be on Instagram. So this will be everywhere for everyone to consume the replay. If you'd like, make sure you get subscribed. Make sure you go sign up at fantasyfootballhustler.com. And another way you could join the community is on YouTube. Click the join button. It's right below the chat. I appreciate everybody for staying here, and we'll do one more for Adam. I can't do the eyebrow. I kind of can. (laughs) (laughs) See everybody later. Appreciate you hanging out. We'll see you for the live streams tomorrow. Are you ready, Jim? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Oh, you didn't know? Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. You put my shoes on, you wouldn't last a mile. Summertime, wintertime, I'm on the grind. Yeah, I got the ring. I'm the champ. I'm the chibi of the lamp. This is the gift I was given, so I just live by my hustle. It don't make sense, but don't make a profit. So I hustle, ladies and homies. Make money, make money, money, money. I want to find a thing to save my life. So I hustle.